to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hey there. Welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters. We're in day four. We usually record um, in the mornings and this week we're recording in the evening and we're getting a little bit punchy and <laughs> my husband used to do all of the editing for us and he would say I know you recorded this one in the evening and I would say how did how do you know that and he would say either he would say because you guys sounded like you'd been drinking all day or <laughs> oh, no. you had gone NPR style where it's like yeah. hello Welcome to the Faith Lips this year. <laughs> so I think maybe we've hit like a a, a new low. A, no, like no. Surely, you know. I mean, anyway, <laughs> I think we're like middle of the road. We're okay, not quite okay. NPR, but we're not. Um, which I love NPR. That but was anyway. Funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So ladies, bear with us. Yes. And if you find yourself drinking, it's not on us. Right. <laughs> no. right. So. All right. Anyway, um, Terry, if you have not been with us this week, Terry is um, taking a vocal break a little bit from reading. And so we have passed the reading baton around a little bit. And Angie is going to finish the week for us. Um, reading this passage in Hebrews 7, 11 through 22. And we will be glad to pass the reins back to Terry next week. I don't know. Yes, you guys will. are all really great readers. And I'm I'm not just kidding. No. I think you all are. Really. No. No. Yes, job. Terry, you're not getting out of it. <laughs> no, right. you, you handle the pressure. That's right. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> all right. So, Angie, why don't we have you read for us? Okay. We're going to read Hebrews 7, 11 through 22. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of the law. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath. But he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, 
Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Mm. We spent a lot of time talking about like McKisseldeck and kind of what his significance was yesterday. And um, I think this really brings it home. Yeah. We probably could have spent, I don't know, three minutes yesterday and just said, hey, listen to us tomorrow because it'll all tie in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just really must be so important, though, for them, I guess, us too, but we don't depend on the law or the priesthood like they did. It must be so important for them to hear this over and over and to really get it, excuse me, set in their minds and in their hearts that, yep, you know, Melchizedek was an awesome high priest. He was, he was top notch. But he, it's not it. This is not the end of it. And you people have to remember it's Jesus, not any other high priest. No one else matches. Yeah, I, I think when they talk about Jesus is the high priest, Jesus is the high priest, they'll know that Levitical line. That's where they would automatically go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Stephen Cole, again, he was talking about um, the author of Hebrews is making the point that Jesus is our high priest. Great. Okay. But he's not just the fulfillment of a Levitical priesthood. He is something more, a high priest forever. Big difference. According to the order of Melchizedek, another big difference, right? He says to view him on par with the Levitical, with the Levitical priests would be, be to make a spiritually fatal mistake. That entire old system was designed to point ahead to Jesus Christ, who superseded and fulfilled it. Like that's that's why he's so much more important, right? It's like we put that order, the Levitical priest now. We've been talking about putting things in order. So we have the Levitical priests who gained their position hereditarily, right? And then I think the high priest was chosen once per year to go into the Holy of Holies. Um, This doesn't have to happen once per year. Then Melchizedek is above them, like in a different order. And then Jesus is above Melchizedek, right? So he's trying to put things in the correct order of importance on how they are. Like I've, every time I read through this, I'm like, man, we've already talked about this. We've already talked about this. We've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I forget that we have the privilege of perspective because what I grew up knowing was Jesus. And I grew up knowing the history of Jesus and the context of Jesus and how that affects my life. Now, I didn't grow up knowing Judaism. Right. I didn't grow up knowing the people who walked with Jesus because he was a guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he was, I, I am so far removed from that. And my culture is so far removed from that, that I just think like, Jesus, greater than McKesseldeck. Of course he is. Right. Like, duh. Yeah. But that is not the cultural context of the author and the people that the author is writing to. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point to make. At one scripture, um, verse 12, for when there is a change of the priesthood, there must also be a change of law. 
you know, these Hebrews are having trouble with, should they go back to the law? Um, and so I think it's important that the writer is saying, but now we have another high priest who's greater than any other high priest. And because we've got this new high priest, it's required a change in the law. So we're not under that law anymore now. Um, I think he's trying to drive that home to them, that everything is different with Jesus. And, and that kind of confused me when I read it at first. But as I'm hearing you talk about it, it's like Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it. Yeah. It has to be changed. So it has to it's be changed. Fulfilled. New things happen. Yeah. Hmm. So that one verse really kind of helped me see what the whole point of all that was, was to point them to, to say that they would see that fulfillment of the law in Jesus and that now we're under a new covenant. Not the covenant of the law anymore, but now this covenant of grace. Mm-hmm. And like when we talk, we talk about the law, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, the law is to point us to Christ. That's what the law is there, is to point us also to our inability to fulfill that on our own. Mm-hmm. Our absolute. Don't you think that got lost back then, too? Because for the Jews, I think that fulfillment following the law was their way to righteousness and a right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They were thinking that that was their path. That was their door. Um, if they obeyed all the rules, God would be pleased with them. Right. And they would be righteous. Um, but we have, like Suzanne said, we, we have the privilege of being able to look back now and say, well, you know, nobody could fulfill the law. Nobody right. could be perfect except for Jesus. But that's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They were trying to be perfect for God and fulfill that law. And so they have to come to a place where they understand that the law has been fulfilled by Jesus. And so now everything has changed. They're not living under that law anymore. It, it, it's almost like, and I'm just thinking of, it's like Jesus has come. Everything that we're doing is different now. It's different now. Right? If Jesus was here right now, it's like, well, we're not waiting for him anymore. Okay, now what does it look like? Yeah. How do we as you know, how do we live differently or what does he want? That yeah. verse 18 says, you know, the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. So now we can draw near to God because of this hope that we have in Jesus. Remember before, you know, that the, the Old Testament Jews, even the New Testament Jews, they weren't allowed to draw near to God. They had the curtain separating mm-hmm. the presence of God from all of the other courts out there um, that held the people. Um, so now we're going to, we're going to, we can draw near to him in a way that they could not before. Well, they have to be convinced in their minds and in their hearts in the first place that Jesus can even be a high priest. He can't. By the law, he not by is the law. not allowed at all. So it's not only just a, a you know, a, it's a whole new way of thinking about it. And for them to grasp that and take that all in, man, that's 
that's tough stuff because he has no right, according to the law, yeah. to be a high priest at all. So for them to take him in as their high priest, that's a tough order. Pretty big deal. Yeah. Well, it's there are centuries and generations of tradition that they're having to just set yeah. aside, uh-huh. that they're having to unwind and unravel and say, oh, my goodness, this this was not... Point, this was not pointing to some king that was going to come and be on the earth and conquer all the lands and conquer all our enemies and conquer all our people. This was for this guy who had was a carpenter and then was beaten and hung on a cross like a criminal. I, I mean, just imagine like you you think that your the Messiah is going to come and be this big giant physically significant worldwide phenomenon (laughs) and he shows up as this guy who Mm -hmm. eats with tax collectors and who grabs the stinky fishermen and who talks to prostitutes that's that's a lot to unravel Mm -hmm. not like any other king or high priest that they've ever heard of right yeah. yeah, even kings, they came in a line. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the right line for that. Yeah. Is there anything in your life, and I won't single anybody out, I won't call anybody by name. Terry, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there anything that you can relate to how hard it would be to unwind all of this tradition and... Um, preconceived ideas like that the that the Jewish people had to unravel like what in your life what's a real life example of what that can look like for us becoming a Christian flipped my world in so many ways absolutely flipped it I cried for an hour thankfully I had people around me going it's okay yeah I understand it can be really amazing just trying to take it all in Finding that God wasn't out to hit me with a lightning bolt. <laughs> I mean, I'd spent most of my life trying to avoid him, <laughs> trying to hide from him. And then instead to have the um, the position that, no, he's there for you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He died for you. He has this unrelenting love to pursue you. That flipped my world a bit. That motherhood. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so did that take a while to kind of unravel those thoughts and ideas and and beliefs that were instilled, like that you had just internalized? Like, did it take a little while to wrap your mind around the fact and your spirit around the fact that like God wasn't this big bad guy. He wasn't this guy who was out to get you if you broke the rules, but he was there to love you and that he cared so deeply for you. Yeah, yeah, it was a process. The immediacy of Christ as Lord and learning what he did for me and understanding the concepts of sin and what happened, that was immediate. And how do you walk that out? Knowing that, that's completely different than what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what does it look like day to day? To shift from the fear of God to like the fear of an un 
loving but angry God mm-hmm. to the God who is nothing but love. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and sometimes I still forget it. It's still a process. And still in little pieces, I miss it. Um, but thankfully, there's smaller steps. You, you know where I miss it is when things get hard for me, I forget that he's there for me. I think I have to do it all by myself. It's such a lie. But I'll so easily believe that lie. Mm-hmm. So it's being in fellowship with other people um, that really helps that. And like kind of relating that to the Jewish receivers, the recipients of this letter is they're trying to wrap their heads around it. They're having to be reminded in fellowship that God is here for you. God is for you. Jesus is for you. This is who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the great high priest. And then taking into account the culture of there's a lot of people who don't believe that they don't have that mm-hmm. history. This is, this is not just your personal belief, but this is your, um, your, your business. This is your livelihood. Yes. This is your neighbors. This is, this is a whole entire shift. Mm-hmm. This is your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's no wonder that they have to be reminded over and over and over yeah. again. But I do too. All of us do. Yeah. There's, uh, we were talking, there was some kind of FOI by, I don't remember who it was, but it was like it has to start with that foundational doctrinal understanding of God. And it's really difficult to get that in. And I think it's like by reading his word and talking with people and, and making a point of trying to understand it, not just doing the milk, not just rebuilding that foundation over and over again, but stretching ourselves and going, um, yeah, that part, you know, where they were talking about the law has changed and it's all new now. I don't understand that. What's that about? You know, and to hear people like, you know, Angie and to everybody saying that, you know, and discussing it, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And then now it's always, it, we, it, this, it's always set up as observation, interpretation, application. Now that you know this, how does this look in your life? How do you walk out this truth that God isn't just, Jesus isn't just the high priest. He's the eternal high priest. He's there to intercede for us always. His sacrifice allows what used to kill us if we went into the Holy of Holies because of our sin. His sacrifice allows that Holy Spirit to live within us. What was in that Holy Holies, the presence of God, lives in us through the Holy Spirit through the sacrifice of Christ. Okay, that's hard to get your head around. Now that you have your head around that, what does that look like when I meet the person on the street, that I'm angry about someone who drove a weird way? The things just aren't working out the way I want them to work out, right? How does, how does what we know about God, that doctrine, how does that look in real life as we walk that out? Should like, Looked like those fruits Angie was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Should yeah. look like a changed lifestyle, a different attitude. Yeah. Hopefully we're working that way. 
Yeah. It's like we, you know, pray for patience and kindness and self-control. Well, guess what? <laughs> it's not our patience that we're asking for. We're asking for the patience of God because ours is so, so nil. It's like hardly there. We're asking for God's self-control to come in. Oh, that is such a bizarre concept to me. It was like, I have to work out my own patience to make it right. It's like, no, God's going to do that. Yeah. Okay. I, I never, look, I, that took me a while as a Christian to catch that thinking. Right? It didn't take me long to quit praying for patience altogether. I know. In the King James, it's called long suffering, right? Right. <laughs> and so how do you, how do you develop long suffering? Yeah. By suffering Suffer. a long time. Mm-hmm. Don't right. pray for it. <laughs> or asking God for his, his ability to, to long suffer. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I know, and it's always just like, Lately, I feel like a lazy Christian where they're saying this diligence and all this stuff. And it's like, I keep going, oh, please, could you do this for me? <laughs> could you just, <laughs> okay, God, I'm realizing I'm not patient. So I'm just going to ask your patience to come in here because I can't handle this. Right? I can't do this. I don't know. I To me, that's what it, it, this walking out, these new lives that have flipped. Um, that's what it looks like. And so for them, I don't even know what that looked like for them. That was so hard. My life is easy compared to what they had to deal with. Because we have the, we are, we are very privileged. Just are. We are very Mm -hmm. privileged to be able to have um, learned from this and to have each other, to live in a place where we can talk about this freely, to be able to meet other people Um, as much as it kind of stinks to be online for so many things, the four of us, none of us are within 10 miles of each other, Mm -mm. maybe six miles of each other. Cause Terry kind of bridges the gap for a couple of us. Um, but still without the privilege of being able to hop online and be able to have these conversations, um, I, I mean, there's just so much privilege that we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so when they talk in this part about you have a new law, it's a better hope. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's our job to push that forward now, right? I lived under the law. That's what was happening for me before. Or law? What law? Nobody cares about law, <laughs> right? I, I just didn't have a clue. Um, and the law's job is to point us to the sin. The law's job is to point us and tell yep. us what we can't do. Yep. And that's why it's insufficient, because it doesn't bring salvation. Right. And Jesus Christ as our high priest. Amen and amen. I know. That's actually a change for me, too. Just think of him as a high priest mm-hmm. is something just to even just take in a picture of that, you know, what that was, what that was like. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think if you're from certain denominations, you can get a better grip on it because some denominations do have priests, mm-hmm. but if you've grown up in a different denomination that doesn't have that, it is very foreign, mm-hmm. very foreign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, Rosemary, you said um, 
that you lived under the law, like tried to live under the law, Mm -hmm. or maybe you were just like law, what law? I don't know. But it, like, it hit me that when you said that there was no law, you didn't know the law, your spirit knew, your spirit knew because that's why you hid from God. That's why you ran. That's why you were afraid is because you're, even if you had not been taught you know, jokingly, God's going to strike you with a lightning bolt. Your spirit knew. Mm-hmm. Your spirit was being primed to be introduced to Jesus so that when it was time, you were ready. Yes, Suzanne, we are made in the image of God. We're all made in that. So inside of all of us, whether we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, we know what's right and we know what's wrong innately because that is how we're created. Mm-hmm. We're created with this hole inside of us for God, this thirst to worship. We're created that way, even if we don't call, say, Jesus as Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I'm feeling hot, you guys. Like, whoo, let's go. <laughs> Yay. Preach <laughs> sister. That's yeah. Preach. yeah. Well, Rosemary, I know you prayed for us last time, but I feel like you are like on fire. Okay, here we go, ladies. Yes. Holy Lord. We just come before you. God, you are so good. You are so good to us. God, we ask that um, whatever comes before us, Lord, that we lay it before you as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, Lord. And we ask you to change this, to change our attitudes, to change our vision, to change how we see it, Lord, to change our hearts. We know who you are. We love you, Lord. We ask that we listen to you, Lord, and we don't stay in the old laws and we don't stay in the old ways. That by this engaging your word, engaging who you are, engaging your community in prayer, God, that we can engage the way you want us to do. We can walk the way you want us to walk, Lord. And we say, Lord Jesus, you are Lord of lords. You are the highest priest of all high priests. You never die. You forever and ever, you are our high priest interceding on our behalf. God, we don't understand how to do that. Lord, we ask that we put that before you on the altar, God, that you change that and you see that as an offering that is sweet to you, Lord. Starts with the truth. Just say the truth. Just say what's going on and let God, let Jesus transform your life with this new law, with who he is, the better hope, the better covenant. Ooh, we just praise you, God. Hallelujah. Um, we just praise you, God, in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Sister. Woo. And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>